Welcome to Movers and Shakers, Porch Group Media's thought leadership podcast. Harnessing the right information is key to success in the dynamic world of data-driven marketing. But with evolving privacy regulations and the impending demise of third-party cookies, how can marketers adapt for the future? First-party data is key. In this podcast, you will discover how first-party data provides a deep understanding of your customers' preferences, behaviors, and needs. Explore the strategic advantages of having direct access to reliable and accurate data that powers long-term growth. Learn how leveraging first-party data can supercharge your marketing campaigns. Michelle Taves, Group GM of Porch Marketing Group, and Larissa Bedgood, Head of Marketing at Porch Group Media, Join us to discuss why first-party data truly is your best friend in achieving marketing excellence. My name is Marissa Beggood. I am the head of marketing here at Porch Group Media. And joining us today is Michelle Taves. She is the group GM for Porch Marketing Group. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you, Larissa. Happy to be here. All right. So... To, to kick us off, um, one of the things as I was kind of researching some of the content for this webinar that really impressed me is just um, how much data is out there about consumers. And like literally like by the end of next year, three quarter of the world's population will have its personal data protected by some type of privacy regulation. I mean, mm-hmm. that there's a massive amount of data that consumers are, are producing. And this just shows that there's really a lot of um, awareness about the need to protect that, that data. So clearly, you know, and we, we call this first party data. So a consumer's data um, that they're giving up, that is clearly top of mind due to these consumer privacy regulations and the end of cookies. Can you kind of just talk to us, Michelle, a little bit about what you're seeing, what maybe some of our clients are experiencing? Sure, I'm happy to. Um, so we are, whoever is not familiar with um, Porch Group Marketing, we are really all about audience, then activation, and then attribution. And so knowing that statement, obviously audience is almost the first thing that feeds into the solutions that we're able to provide to our clients. And so our clients absolutely rely on us to protect their consumer data, right? And so privacy is super, super important to them, making sure that we are protecting their customers, protecting their customer information, and being able to create campaigns that provide value to them as a business, but also provide value to the consumer. Um, so all of the things on this slide, like are we hear so much about, right, across the marketing industry and everything that we're doing. So like data clean rooms, right, um, being able to create CDPs and technologies that really protect identity solutions. All of these, when I think of it in my mind, I think of them as that they are great tactics to be able to to truly protect that name, that email, and that phone number, which we often refer to as PII when we're creating these marketing campaigns. And with all the legislation going on and with all the protective of PII, you just absolutely need to be able to have solutions that do that. And so for us, we partner with some of them. Some of them are internal. Some of them are part of our tech stack and part of what we build for our customers. 
But I, I deeply believe that with these solutions, you're going to create a long-term customer benefit, and they're going to feel so much more comfortable sharing information with you and your company. You know, just, just quickly before I move on, um, looking at things like data clean rooms, um, that's, you know, kind of a whole nother webinar topic. But I think that we're just going to see a lot more about some of these terms, um, you know, in the whole new privacy landscape. Yep. Yeah. And I, I think that what this is showing is that you have to have a plan, right? Whether right. you're a brand, whether you're an audience provider, whether you're an agency, really whatever your services that you offer, you have to have a plan in order to be mm -hmm. able to help brands and customers feel comfortable. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, I love, love, love this slide. Um, Kristen, our, our content um, guru, created this. Um, and this really talks about all party data. And I have to say, all party data is a, uh, is a phrase that Michelle coined. Um, but this is true. I mean, there's a lot of data out there. There's a lot of classes of data. And we're seeing things like zero party data. Um, can you kind of talk to us a little bit about these different classes of uh, data that we're seeing out there, Michelle? Absolutely. I actually, I agree with you, Larissa. I love how this chart really breaks it up. Um, mm -hmm. I spend a lot of time talking to people about different types of data and how you can use those different types of data um, and why it's important to understand what it is. And it still gets really confusing for many, many people across the, the ecosystem. Know. So this chart just makes it really clear. So when we talk about all party data, it's really including all of the different data assets to be able to create a solution for our clients that we work with all the time. And so I think everybody kind of understands or has a pretty good understanding of what first party data is, right? It's your customer data. It's their PII. It's their email, their phone number, purchase history, all the information that is at an individual level comes right from the customer, right? And it's really clear and clean what that is. Second party data is when you're able to obtain information on a consumer, but it's through an indirect relationship. So the customer didn't provide it directly to you, but you have other solutions and other partners in place to be able to get that data. Things like website activity, mm -hmm. right? Social media activity, customer feedback, all of that is information that you might not have gotten directly from a customer, but you're able to attach it to a customer and be able to understand more information about what that consumer is interested in. Right. Third party data is audience data. Um, if anybody knows a little bit about um, Porch Group Media, we used to be V12. V12 was a huge third party data provider, um, solution provider. And so that's really when you're able to get information from public sources and be able to create prospect opportunities, right, for brands. And so it's not mm -hmm. their customer data, it's people that currently are not their customers. And the idea is to be able to take that third-party data and convert it to first-party, right? That is the right. idea. That is what every brand is on the mission to trying to, to complete. And that's things like demographics, age, education, lifestyle. If they visited, visited a, a website that is not that consumer, that, that is not that brand's website, um, any kind of responder data, auto warrant today, all of that type of data is what we would call third-party aggregated data. And then zero-party data is data that's co collected with consent from the consumer, but it's not necessarily does not include contact data, right? It's things like if the consumer gave you a contact um, preference, so they'd rather be contacted mm -hmm. via email or via SMS, something like that, right? right? 
got it directly from the consumer. However, it's not necessarily additional PII, but it definitely provides additional information about that consumer. And at Porch Group Media, we have the ability, we actually take all of this data and we use all of this data since we're now part of porchgroup.com. We get access to tons of first party data. Yeah, that just kind of goes right into the next yeah. slide. It's like all of this data, you can see how it all comes together. Um, just quickly on that, the last slide, I actually need to, I, I use that slide as a reference now. I'm just, I think there's been a lot of misconceptions. Um, mm -hmm. Zero party data, I think that was actually coined back in 2018 by Gartner or Forrester, I can't remember, but it, even though it was, you know, like five years ago, it's still relatively new term that we're hearing. Um, and then there's a lot of confusion too between first party and, and second party. So I, I definitely use that slide now as kind of a reference sheet, like, okay, which which one does that fall into? So that, yeah, that's a great one. Thank you. Sure. Um, and then this one, just kind of exactly what you're talking about, just kind of breaks it down, all how all the different data parties come together to really give you a complete view of our Mary Smith here, who is a, you know, a pet care pros customer. And you can see how she has preference data, um, loyalty program info, website activity, and it, it spans all of the different types of data that we were just talking about. Yep, I think the important thing too here is to understand is that all of it kind of put together is what creates the profile of, of, of Mary Smith, right? If you only had first party data, you would only know so much. If you only had third party data, you would only know so much, right? But it's the ability to put it all together in a really meaningful way. That's why a lot of people nowadays are used to hearing the word either customer marketing platform or CDP solution, right? But the ability to really create it all and commingle it all will create the best experience for Mary that you can possibly get. Right. Yep, absolutely. I love that. Um, so just, be, well, we still have to get into the five reasons, but quickly before we get into that, um, I thought these were a couple of cool little tips just to encourage um, consumers to share more of their data. I know as a consumer, um, I am more apt to share personal insights, you know, uh, birthday and so forth for these three things. You know, if you're transparent about how you will be using my data, um, and, you know, I want to make sure that it's not going to be sold or I want to know why you want it. So maybe you're asking for my birthday um, and you're going to be very transparent about, you know, you're going to offer me a discounted coupon on my birthday. Um, personalize. I mean, we hear so much about personalization. And here you can see that almost three quarters of consumers would share their, their preferences, insights, um, information for an improved shopping experience. I think that, you know, with CX, uh, the customer experience being so important, um, this is a really, really strong reason just to really, to encourage that data sharing, you know, for consumers to share their data. And, and this kind of just goes in line, the third one with, you know, both of the first two points, it, it's offering value. Um, we all like to receive freebies. Um, I know I am going to definitely share some more information um, if I get some prizes, rewards, and so forth. So I thought these were just kind of good tips to keep in mind um, as you're putting forth your marketing strategies and, and emails and so forth. Absolutely.
Um, so we'll do a deeper dive, but just quickly, here's the, the five reasons um, that we, you know, just from talking to our clients and just, you know, our general knowledge in the, the space that we determine, you know, why first party data should be your best friend. And that's, you know, what we we're talking about, the hyper-targeted personalization, um, targeting the right consumers with the right message, uh, building loyalty. Uh, first party data is is proprietary to your brand. No one else has access to it and it, it's the most accurate. And just to sum it all up, it really optimizes your marketing impact. So deeper dive into each mm -hmm. of these, uh, each of these. So you can see here with hyper-targeted personalization, 83% um, of consumers reported an increase in loyalty to a company that offers them a personalized experience. And you can see a couple of examples here. And, and Michelle, you know, you and I were talking before the webinar. I know you also had a couple of, of great insights on, on movers and so forth. Yeah, when I think of hyper-targeted personalization, one of the things that we have seen just a great deal of interest in is beyond just understanding when somebody is moving, um, being able to understand where they're moving to prior to that move experience just really creates the ability to, to kind of like double tap on this hyper-targeted personalization. Because we have that, that type of information, we can actually do hyper-targeting of what that new neighborhood looks like, what services are going to be in that new neighborhood. They're obviously going to be looking for, you know, new dentists, new salons, you know, new restaurants in the neighborhood, all of that type of information. And we have the ability to create that type of hyper-targeted personalization because we understand where they're going to be moving to. And we have just found that, that that's one example of many that you can use for hyper-targeting for personalization. But the idea is, is just being able to, to target on as much information you know about that person as you can. Um, I would say probably three to five years ago, so many people were all about audience size, right? They want to target the biggest audience size they possibly can. And what we have found out is that when you just go on volume, you're not getting the ROAS and the ROI that you want to be able right. to get because there's a lot of waste in just looking at targeting the biggest audience size you possibly can. Hyper-targeting is definitely becoming something that people are, are concentrating on more over the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah. And why they will give you their preference data for a personalized experience. Exactly. Um, so a little, you know, kind of a line in line with that first point. It's, it's it's similar, but it's targeting the right consumers with the right message. Um, and where hyper-targeted personalization is a little bit more concentrated on the person, um, you can segment your database into any number of segments. Um, so maybe users who visit your website, um, inactive consumers, customers, so you maybe you send them a, a coupon for coming back. You can also mix these segmented audiences with hyper-targeted personalization. So there's any number of ways you can kind of slice and dice this. Um, and I think, Michelle, you also had another great example in the mover space. Well, and I even, one of the things, so I noticed at the end is geography. I think a lot of people forget how important geography is. And so, for example, if you know that somebody is moving um, from a city to a rural environment, right, you don't want to treat them like they're still going to be living in the city. 
I mean, so geography and footprint are just so important to be able to utilize and to understand. Um, the other thing that you want to make sure that you understand is, you know, things like lifestyle information. Um, if somebody just got married or if somebody just had a child, right, of being able to target those type of consumers with messages that are going to be relevant to them. Um, timing is so important with this. And then offer is also really important. Right. So that kind of comes down to one, it's the information you already have in your database. So say Larissa has her address and I'm in Florida. Um, that's my current geography. So you can target based on that. But then as your earlier example was, you know, a move to address, if I'm moving uh, somewhere to a cooler climate, um, that's a great, very timely way to then target me um, for sweaters versus really hot Florida stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think out here in Florida, we don't really know what a sweater is and I'm very happy. Yeah, I just want to buy style. one. <laughs> Every now and then I may, you know, find one. I'm like, this is great. And then once a year I can pull it out. I'm like, I am cold. It's 65 degrees out. So we won't talk about that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, so a third reason is about building loyalty and trust with your, your customers. Um, do you want to kind of talk through this slide a little bit? Yeah, I just think that this is, this is of the five, I would say this is probably one of the most important because if you are not transparent with customers on how you're utilizing their data, what you're doing to target them and, and really concentrating on building a long-term relationship, um, you're going to find that what you're doing is really creating customer dissatisfaction, right, versus customer satisfaction. Um, and all of that plays into, you know, how many times do you try and market to them? How many times are you talking to them? Mm -hmm. You also want to make sure that you are super clear that their data is personal to them, right? It's not something that um, you are doing massive selling or mass distribution to that you really hold it and you understand how important that customer information is. And we have just found that the more transparent you are on how you utilize that data, how you store that data, how you keep it, um, really creates a customer loyalty. And the LTV is just so much bigger on that type of relationship Great. because you truly have trust with that customer. Yeah, yeah, I think that's, so it, it's, it's kind of a benefit that I don't think a lot of people really think about, but um, there's so much, I guess, talk about, you know, the, the need to be transparent. You, you just, you really have to, to earn a consumer's loyalty and trust today. And mm -hmm. this is a great way to do that. Yeah. Um, okay. So moving on, um, we, we kind of alluded to this, but how first party data is, is definitely the most accurate. You're getting it directly from your consumers and it's um, proprietary to your brand. Nobody else has access to that information. Um, any thoughts, insights you want to share on this, Michelle? Sure. Well, so I guess that I, I would even go back to the example where we talked about mass targeting, right? Mm -hmm. um, when you can use consumer data or first party data to be able to talk to that customer, to be able to engage in the customer and build additional relationships for the brand, um, and you're not doing mass targeting, right? Where you're almost like spamming the world. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you're just gonna have a lot less waste in your marketing campaign because you're talking to people that are relevant to your brand and people that are really interested in the message that you're trying to talk to. 
Um, so I think that a lot of people forget or don't really look at marketing waste. And when you do not use first party data or validated confirmed data and have the ability to almost toggle all party data, right? Putting your first party data together with third party data. Uh -huh. um, really have a lot of marketing waste and so we know that first party data is coming directly from the source right so it's just more accurate more validated and you're going to get more value out of it for you and for the customer right yeah um yeah in this example you know you can just see how this national pizza franchise implemented a, a marketing platform to manage and, and integrate all those different mm -hmm. data sources and their KPIs and, and, and ROAS was huge. So it, it's really starting with that, those first party data insights. I mean, those are so valuable. Um, actually, we have a new um, piece that we just put together. Um, Kristen, uh, our content manager put it together. It was about first party data being like a treasure trove. It's a really fun piece, but it's true. That's where the, the insights start is with those first party data insights and then layering in all party data. So I, I love that. Yeah, yeah. And I think kind of in summary, that's, you know, just this just really talks about all the things we just discussed. It, it's about, you know, you know, starting with first party data that really is what empowers all of your marketing strategies, um, driving bigger outcomes across channels. So it says here, you know, according to Google, 89% of successful businesses say anticipating customer needs and providing assistive experiences along the customer journey are, are critical to growth. And providing those assistive experiences is, is contingent upon first-party data collection. Yep. Um, any, any other thoughts that you have on just, you know, the, the power of first party data and, and making it your best friend? Yeah, no, I just, so I can give you um, kind of the journey that we've gone through, right, as a company. And for us, we've, we've really gone through a journey to empower our third party data with the inclusion of first party data and all that that first party data can, can help. Mm -hmm. um, and it has just been, it has changed our company almost to a completely different company, right? We're going through this, this journey now of, um, you know, when you have things like first party data, you can create things like a media network and just mm -hmm. really being able to offer our customers um, the best experience we can provide them, right? Across, across all that we're trying to do for them. And then being able to use that, we're obviously all about, you know, the consumer, the property and everything in between. We talk about that all the time. Um, and I think that other companies are, are going through that similar journey that we're going right. through, right? And the whole kind of goal at the end of it is to make sure that all the consumers that we talk to, um, and all of the campaigns and media and everything that we do as a company, that we're truly providing the consumer value, right? We want right. to be able to, to help the consumer find services that are the most important to them at the time that it's important to them. And so if we are successful at doing that, we are absolutely going to optimize our marketing impact because mm -hmm. we're providing the consumer something that they want to hear about mm -hmm. versus bombardium with a bunch of stuff that's just not interesting to them absolutely well said <laughs> um 
wow we did we did well when i was when we were putting together the deck i'm like okay michelle we gotta we gotta be snappy i'm feeling like we could really you know go in on each slide but we did good so we still have a couple of minutes for questions um i see a couple of questions popping up and um, a few of you have already submitted questions um oh this one actually was from michelle our new okay or from um kristen um, she threw in the link on the uh, power of first party data. So you can check that out in the chat. Thank you, Kristen. Um, okay, enter any other questions? And I do have a few, as I said. So what, I, we kind of touched on this a little bit, Michelle, um, and it does get a little bit confusing. Can you kind of <laughs> talk a little bit again about the difference between first party and zero party data? Sure, so first party data is the actual contact information that you get from a customer. So think of email, phone number, postal, right? Um, often either from um, customer purchase information, from a bill, from a POS system, right? There's a couple different ways that as a mm -hmm. brand you gather that information. Zero party data is, think of when everybody goes to the, I think doctors do the most of it, mm -hmm. right? You go to your doctor office and they're like, how would you like us to share your medical results? Do you want to receive right. SMS or why do you want us to call you or do you want us to send you an email? That's zero party data because it's not providing an additional contact point, but it's providing information on how you would like to be contacted. So zero right. party data then would get attached to first party data. So it builds upon your first party data information, but on its own it almost doesn't mean anything right you, you know another that reminds me of another example um i've signed up for marketing newsletters for example in the past mm -hmm. and there'll be you know i can check mark do i want information on digital marketing on social media whatever it is but you know i will then check which topics i'm interested in mm -hmm. so yeah that that's yeah that that's a good explanation um another question is we do use first party data, but often add third party insights. Are there mm -hmm. certain types of third party data that we should look for, like any traits, especially with privacy regulations being what they are today? Wow, what a question. <laughs> um, that's a good one. That's a good one because there is a lot of um, talk right um in the industry right now about certain types of data that you should and should not use just trying to make sure that you're not discriminating um that you're being really careful with your messaging right um depending on what your product is and is not so as a third-party data you know provider we have a ton of products all about third-party data um we have similar products to what a lot do you know where we have income age date of birth all of that type of information but what we really see brands toggling to is really trying to um really make an impact based on market performance or what somebody is in the market to buy versus how old i am or you right. know some of that basic type of information and so we're seeing just a little bit of a change and what our customers are asking for they're more interested in understanding if i'm in market for an automobile or if i'm in market for insurance or if i'm in market for those type of services than understanding what i look like um, because those right. in market characteristics will drive me to make a decision on a product or offer that they might be offering yeah that that absolutely makes sense 
And with that, thank you all for joining. Thank you, Michelle. It was a great conversation. Um, thank you. And we hope great hanging out with you. Yeah, we hope to see you all again soon. Have a good rest of your afternoon. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you found this session helpful. For more information on how we can help you leverage your first-party data as part of an all-party data solution, please visit our website at porchgroupmedia.com.